Welcome, henchmen, to another action-packed episode of the Deadly Podcast of Kung Fu, brought to you by the Villains Man, where I, JVD, try to traverse the continuity of both Iron Fist and Shang-Chi Marvel's most premier martial artist. You can find me on Twitter at Villains Man. If you want to talk about the podcast, talk about the episodes, or talk about comic books in general, you can also find me over on the Fictional Battle Podcast Crossover Collision with my partner in crime, Professor... Evan Grade, as we discuss how combat works out between your favorite heroes and villains in comic books. Today, here on the podcast, uh, I'm covering one book. One book. It's got three chapters. Each chapter is about a different martial artist. And uh, this is the Kung Fu Special Album Edition. Uh, this is actually for Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Um, it's usually listed with that series, even though it is not called Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Special. Um, but it is part of that series. And you might find this listed as different things. For instance, uh, most time when, you, when you're looking for it, it is just Kung Fu Special. The book says Kung Fu Special Album Edition. So there's a couple of things that you might want to look at. If you're going in continuity order, or um, if you find a list on how issues are laid out, like based on release date, this is this shows up as the second appearance of the Iron Fist uh, outside of Marvel premiere number 15. So it doesn't mark 16 as his second appearance. Uh, it does mark this as his second appearance. I don't consider that, but... Um, here recently, it's kind of weird how um, stores and eBay has been really pushing on what could be a first or a second appearance of a character. So you have been warned if you're trying to collect Iron Fist books. Um, and I'm, you know me, I'm a huge fan of Iron Fist. And I'm telling you, I would not count this as the second appearance of Iron Fist. More on that later. In this book, three chapters. Chapter one is Iron Fist. Second chapter is Sons of the Tiger. And the third chapter is Shang-Chi, and it all takes place in a three-part story called The Master Plan of Fu Manchu. Um, this is interesting. This is Iron Fist's first time in the uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Um, it's mostly been uh, Shang-Chi and Sons of the Tiger at this point, but we have Iron Fist, who is a new martial arts character tomorrow at the time, so they threw him in at the story. And he actually has the least amount to do with the story in general. Um, so, uh, there's something interesting here in the prologue as we're introduced to the heroes of the story and the villain. We get an idea of how old Fu Manchu is, and I kind of brought this up here on the last issue with Corrine, and how old he is and how he needs the potion of immortality. It states that for nearly a century, when it's talking about Fu Manchu, so maybe he's in his 90s, we know he's close to 100, um... And obviously, he's not taking this potion of immortality. So, um, maybe there's something else keeping him alive. And it's not this potion of immortality. So, we do know that he is extremely old. So, this means if he's in his 90s somewhere, he was getting it on with Shang-Chi's mom in his 70s. He's quite the specimen when it comes to making children, apparently. And we know that he's got quite a few. But, uh, let's go ahead and move on. To the story, uh, we're going to talk chapter one, which is the Iron Fist story. Uh, Danny finds one of six newly arrived Chinese delegates for the UN in an alleyway. Apparently, Fu Manchu had sent assassins to abduct them, but this one managed to escape but was severely injured. As the delegate dies and tells the story to uh, Iron Fist, um, one of the assassins, uh, Co 
Kai Chen appears in front of Iron Fist. Apparently, he's a man that wounded this delicate. After Iron Fist easily destroys his weapon, uh, and Danny takes out his weak partner, Chen flees and knocks over a homeless beggar on his way back to the hideout to report to Tuso Gamo. Uh, giving the sumo the news of his failure, Gamo easily breaks the man's back with a bear hug, which spurs Iron Fist into action. He quickly takes out the henchman, only to find himself in the clutches of Tuso Gamo's hug. Danny claps his ears, takes him to the floor, and KOs him with a quick chop to the neck. Using the Iron Fist to knock down a steel door, he discovers the bound delegates are actually mannequins to fool him as he hears someone escaping from the rooftop by helicopter. On the roof, there's a tin cup waiting for him, much like the bag beggar had one that CO Kai Chin knocked over with a note that just simply says, thank you. Now, you need to read uh, Marvel Premiere 15 through 18, which is the origin of Iron Fist, AKA Danny Rand, to understand why Danny is spurred his vengeance, which is mentioned in the captions of this book. Uh, that's in episode 3, if you want to check that out. And this is why I say, uh, even though in, like, release order, if you're looking at orders of Iron Fist, like, what books came out in a certain order, um, this is why I say that I don't think this is a second appearance of Iron Fist, because obviously you need to understand that Danny uh, foregoed his vengeance once he realized what was going on. So, technically, you could maybe say this is the fifth appearance of Iron Fist, but uh, I'm telling you, the way the market goes these days, someone's going to eventually find this and be like, hey, this is actually a second appearance, so um, if he does show up in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, it might be a book worth getting, I'm just saying. What's interesting, and this is my boy Danny Rand, if you know me, I'm a huge Iron Fist fan, none of Fu Manchu's assassins are a threat to him, unlike they are to Shang-Chi. Uh, this kind of shows you, in my opinion, that his skills learned in Kung Lung are unknown to the outside world. And uh, the only reason these guys can hang with Shang-Chi is because they know how and who trained him. And they really know how he fights. So that, to me, says, hey, that's why these guys are able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Shang-Chi sometimes. But not, but not Iron Fist. Makes my day, Iron Fist. Woo -woo. Um, let's talk about... Uh, Tutso Gamo. Um, if you wanted to connect some continuity here, this guy should have been uh, Tack from Marvel Special Edition 15, the sumo wrestler that actually gives Shang-Chi a run from his money while he's going after his father once he's found out the lies. Uh, that could have really connected some history there, and that's a missed opportunity right here. Um, and, and, you know, him and this Co uh, Kai Chen, they've got some really cool names with them. Co uh, Kai Chen is the is he who strikes the lightning, is what he calls himself. Um, and then Tutso Gamo is the mountain that steals breath, obviously, when he breaks the other man's back. And it's kind of crazy. And, uh, th and this is not foreshadowing, and there's no way in the world that uh, this could have, you know, led to this. But uh, Chin kind of looks like Sagat without the eye patch. He's very tall. Um, think of uh, Poe from Kickboxer. He, he looks like he does Muay Thai. And then uh, Gamo could easily be um, E Honda from Street Fighter. So I just kind of thought that was weird. It's just the connection my brain made. Uh, we get a lot of Iron Fist moves names. I'm gonna try to keep up with these because I always like seeing all the books, uh, all the moves. Especially if you've ever, if you know what the book of the Iron Fist is, uh, that'll be for a late time, um, or you learn what that is on this podcast. 
look it up, read those books before I even get there. But uh, we, we see the cat stance. Doesn't look much like a stance. But anyway, we get the lightning kick, dragon stamp kick, elephant kick. We get the rock smash blow and the monkey blow. When I seen monkey blow, my first thing I thought of was uh, hit monkey and Deadpool on a bunch of cocaine. Don't ask why. That's just what I thought about monkey blow. Um, I, obviously, for uh, seeing the power of the Iron Fist, uh, he does explode the head of a maul. I don't know if you know what a maul is, but it looks like a giant hammer. That was um, Co Kai Chin's weapon. And uh, he does break down a stool door, which is warped by the heat created by his chi, because it is, consi- they say, molten metal, and it is very warped after he knocks it down. Uh, the Tin Cup is a cool ending. Um, if you go back and look... The beggar kind of looks like Fu Manchu. Uh, it also tells a reader that uh, it could he could be anywhere in disguise. So I thought that was really cool. More on that later. Uh, but like I said, he doesn't really play a big part of this story. He just kind of the setup for what's going on. Hoo-ya! Now before we go any further, the deadly podcast of Kung Fu is a master of the podcasting dojo known as Anchor. Now, as you're listening to this, you're probably wondering, man, I want to make a podcast. This sounds easy. Well, let me tell you that Anchor makes it easy to make a podcast. You want to know why? Here's your benefits. First, it's free. You don't have to spend all your hard-earned money on podcasting, editing software. You can do it all with Anchor's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your laptop or better yet, your cell phone. And if you're like me, everybody else in the world, you always have your cell phone in your hand, so you're always ready to record and edit the newest episode of your podcast. Now, on top of this, if you go anywhere else, you got to distribute your podcast wherever you want it to be heard from. With just a click, once you have your first episode ready to go, Anchor will distribute your podcast to major platforms. And the best thing is, you haven't spent any money, and with Anchor, you can make money from your podcast with no minimal listenership. Just by running an ad for Anchor like I am right now. Really, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go download the free Anchor app right now and go to Anchor FM to get started. Let them know JVD from the Villains of Man, host of the Deadly Podcast of Kung Fu, sent you. Wee-ya! Are we moving on to Chapter 2, which is Sons of the Tiger? I have not covered any of the Sons of the Tiger stuff for uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu because I'm only focusing on Shang-Chi and Iron Fist. But I, I kind of read this. I'm going to give you a quick rundown just to give them time together. But uh, the Chinese Deputy Foreign Minister, Li Xianghua, is declaring that the disappearance of their delegates, the Chinese delegates that Iron Fist had discovered, uh, is an act of international terrorism. The trio, the Sons of the Tiger, there are three of them, uh, go to the UN where the cult of Fan, which is... Fu Manchu's guys, they're posing as undercover Chinese soldiers to spur on a war between America and China. Meanwhile, other members are disguised as delegates who, in turn, kidnap the American delegates at this UN summit uh, during all the chaos. As they escape by helicopter, uh, the Sons of the Tiger find a beggar who looks identical to the one that Chin ran over in Chapter 1. He thanks them. And as he leaves, he tells them to live long, live well, while you have the chance. Hmm, interesting. Who is this beggar? So let's move on to Chapter 3. Chapter 3 with Shang-Chi. 
Fearing his father is behind the missing Chinese and American delegates, Shang-Chi hides outside his New York headquarters. And that blind beggar I'm just talking about in the last two chapters, he walks by, accidentally hits Shang-Chi in the foot with his um, cane, and asks for some spare change. Uh, so, um, it's kind of weird. He's asking for spare change, and in chapter one, he has lots of change when Chen runs into him, because it goes flying everywhere. Uh, in chapter two, when he's oddly enough standing outside the UN, I mean, why would a beggar be allowed around the UN? That's kind of odd. But um, the Sons of the Dragon offered to give him change, which he will not take, but now he needs some. Uh, it's almost a joke on Shang-Chi, who never has money and actually needs it to get around. Shang-Chi hitches a ride on one of the two limousines to the docks, where he finds the cult of Sea Fan loading the delicates on submarines. After taking one of them out, disguising himself, Shang-Chi takes a trip on the sub to a ship where Fu Manchu awaits. There he plans on holding the delegates of each country to make both countries think they have the other's delegates as hostage and will cause them to go to war. Realizing he needs to escape the sub when it's underwater, he basically diffuses all of the torpedoes who knows where he learned this skill from and places himself in a, one of the torpedo tubes right before, coincidentally, it's very odd, that Sir Dennis Nalen and Black Jar Tar are coming to apprehend Fu Manchu by ship. Uh, as um, he boards his ship, the henchmen that Shang-Chi fights are not enough to stop Shang-Chi, but just enough to let Fu Manchu escape by helicopter. Uh, once again, a helicopter being used as an escape route in all three chapters. Um, a lot of, you know, lines connect right there. But um, as all the delegates, Shang-Chi, Sir Dennis, and Jack board the boat, a Fu Manchu ship blows up, killing all of his men, showing you exactly just how ruthless he is. As they return back on the pier, Shang-Chi finds the disguise of a beggar, and within the tin cup is a thank you note. From his father, proving that even when Fu Manchu is within his son's reach, he will never know. I love that. I think that's just great. Really cool way to end this uh, this special. And I just mentioned this in the last episode. Uh, we see Shang-Chi once again hitching a ride on a vehicle. No one notices a, you know, a martial artist in a karate gi. A red karate gi at that with a big yin-yang on the back. No one notices him. And I don't know how. When someone jumps on your car, you, your shocks pick up their weight and, and it rocks. It's very strange. I don't know how no one notices it. Outside of the Mimosa plan in the last issue, uh, this is the biggest plan we've seen Fu Manchu try to execute. And it's it's pretty epic. Sadly enough, it didn't go off. But it just kind of shows you between this story and the last story just how smart and intelligent Fu Manchu as, is as a villain. And sadly enough, uh, he's not owned by Marvel uh, anymore. And uh, I think they own him for about 10 years once his stuff starts and he's gone. What's crazy is, um, is that Fu Manchu disguised himself as a bum to keep track of his operations. That, that's crazy. Uh, you will not see Magneto do that. You will not see Doctor Doom do that. You will not see the Red Skull do that. You will not see Thanos do that. Nor will you see the Kingpin or any of other Marvel's big villains do this. Fu Manchu becomes a blind beggar to keep an eye on his uh, operations. I love it. Uh, it's it's really, really good stuff. Um, 
the more I read these uh, Shang-Chi books, this uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu and the Master of Kung Fu, uh, the more I'm really appreciating the character, and uh, I, I really, really love it. But um, I, and I'm kind of loving the villain more than I am uh, the hero in Shang-Chi. So, uh, but I am part of the villain's man, so hey, maybe that's why I'm gravitating towards the villain. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I'm JVD. You can follow me on Twitter at Villains Man. Uh, if you like The Villains Man, you go check us out on Facebook or Instagram. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can find us podcasts over on Podchaser. With the in-nerd circle, uh, go follow that list. There's a lot of awesome podcasts there, including the Fictional Battle podcast I'm a part of with my co-host, Professor Evan the Great. Or at Crossover Collision, which you can find also on the Villains Man website. And you can check out all our podcasts while you're there. But wherever you listen to the podcast, please rate me. I'd really appreciate it. I don't care if it's a low school. I don't care if it's a high school. But wherever you see the podcast at, please share it, like it, talk about it. Uh, I would like to interact with everybody. Talk about these issues. And, uh, you know, and even the movie when it comes out. But remember, guys, in the end, just support your favorite podcast. Support your local comic book shops. And go see Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Keep reading comics, guys. Uh. Uh.